Our imagination is useless. So I used to think. For many years growing up in school, I used to think I am not a creative person. I do not have a creativity. My imagination is not very strong. And I used to wonder, like, what is the purpose of this imagination? And I didn't really get how, how to use it, how to tap into it, how to make sense of this. And this, this was just my experience. And then it wasn't until I gave my heart to Christ that I began to study in the Bible. I'm like, oh, this is why God gave us the imagination. And there was a time where I actually thought that maybe the imagination could be bad or maybe it wasn't good to use our imagination. Because a lot of times when the Bible talks about it, it talks about in Genesis 6, 5, that the thoughts of their hearts were... No, God saw that the imaginations of the thoughts of their hearts were only evil continually. And it talked about going after the imaginations of their own hearts and not after God. And there's a lot of like bad things about the imaginations. I'm like, okay, maybe this is something that I should turn off or that I should like stay away from and, and, and stay away from. But then I began to understand and learn a little bit more. And I'm like, whoa, or what if our imagination is something we should lean into? That we should study a little bit that we should better understand why god gave us the imagination and for what purpose and use and value can this be when directed in the right direction so today in this video we're going to do exactly that we're going to be talking about finding the purpose of our imagination from the bible but if you're new here my name is enoch leffingwell and here at the army of youth we are passionate about helping young people to identify their unique talents and to dedicate them to Christ's service. If this is something that interests you and you have a desire to work for God, then uh, subscribe to our channel and follow us on social so that you can get more messages just like this one. So what is the purpose of our imagination? Well, first of all, let's look, how did Moses use his imagination? In the book of Hebrews, it actually reveals to us in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 27. I like this one because it says, By faith, he, speaking of Moses, forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king. Now, how was he able to give up all the, the wealth of Egypt? He was going to be the king of the, the then known world at the time. And all the education and all the accolades and respect that he had in Egypt he gave it all away. Why? How could he endure? This goes on to say, For he endured as seeing him who is invisible. Now, what is it, which of the faculties of our mind has God given to us so that we can see the invisible? It's the imagination. This imagination allows us to see things before they are reality. And this is what God used through Moses to help him to persevere and do the right thing and to um, take the children of Israel through the promised land and out of Egypt. And an entire book, Exodus, was written um, through the work of Moses, the deliverer, because of the strength of, and the use, uh, the right use of the imagination and how to do that. So we're going to be um, showing how um, just like Moses used to, to learn to use his imagination to walk closer with God, and he was called the friend of God, you too can use your imagination to have a closer walk with God. So who are some of the best learners on the planet? They are their children, right? Uh, Matthew chapter 18, verse 3 through 4, Jesus talks about how that except ye be converted and become as these little children, ye shall not enter the kingdom of God. 
and it talks about whosoever shall therefore humble himself as these little children, the same as greatest in the kingdom of heaven. There's something about children that allows them to be humble and teachable and impressionable by the Spirit of God and truth and prepare them for eternity. What is it? And, and have you ever noticed, like, what do children have a very, like, they have a very vivid what? Imagination. When we're younger, it seems like so often, like, we dream, we see things, we, we have, like, some people have imaginary friends where we could, we could imagine um, our guardian angel. We can imagine uh, God, we can imagine eternal realities. And um, children are very vivid in that, but it seems like as we age, we, we get discouraged to have dreams. We get discouraged to, to, uh, to think and to use our imagination. I know I certainly was. And, um, and then we start to lose that. But I believe that God is actually calling us to maybe cultivate that childlike imagination, that willingness that is able to believe the Word of God in simplicity and humility, not basing all of our reality or all of our experience, should I say, our perception of reality, but to really believe what does the Word of God say and let that uh, dictate and show our reality and to see the possibilities of what could be through our imagination. In uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and 18, it tells us very clearly what are the things that we can imagine. There are there are some things that God doesn't want us to imagine, but there are some that God says we can freely let our imagination to one run wild and we can expand our imagination to no ends. And one of them is to imagine heaven. 2 Corinthians 4.18 says, While we look not after the things which are seen, but with the things that are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. So God is actually teaching how He wants us to set our eyes and our imagination on things that are eternal, to dwell upon eternal realities. This painting I really like, it's called The First Moments in Heaven. Could you imagine seeing, like I want you to use your imagination now and, and imagine you're in heaven. And you're there standing on the sea of glass with all the redeemed and someone or multiple people they come up to you and saying, Hey, you, you are the one who shared with me the words of eternal life. You shared with me Christ when I was in darkness, when I had no hope and no light and I was living an aimless life. You shared with me purpose. You brought me to Jesus. I'm here because of your influence. And they embrace you in this big hug. And there's like tears streaming down both of your faces and you're just so overwhelmed with the joy of the people that are here in heaven through your labors. Imagine, even if you can't imagine it, just imagine that you can imagine it. This is what Jesus did, why he was able to endure the cross. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 2, it describes how it was, it was for the joy that was set before Christ that he endured the cross despising the shame because in Matthew, I mean in, in the Gospel of Luke, while Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane, he prayed, he said, Father, if there be any other way to save humanity, please let this pass cup let this cup pass from me, but nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. And he was he was just like he saw the cross and he saw 
the cost that it would take to save you and I. And he's like, if there's any other way, but God sent an angel, the Bible says, to minister and to strengthen him. Hebrews 12 2 says it was the joy that was set before him. What was that joy? That joy was seeing you and I in the kingdom for eternity. Jesus was able to see all the redeemed throughout the earth's history who would be saved eternally as a result of your, as a result of his decision to move forward with the cross and how he wants to use you in this great plan of salvation to communicate with us. He, he was reminded of his why at a time when he was tempted to give up. And I praise God that he didn't give up on us. And likewise for you, your why is why you don't quit. So there's one thing that we can allow our imagination to grasp vividly and expand and, and go wild is that of heaven and being united with our loved ones. We can train our brain to imagine eternal realities that it pierces through the veil that we cannot see with the eye of faith. And, and you can see that these souls that are there through your labors. It, it is such a beautiful thing. Um, a lot of times, um, often when people ask about, when someone asks like, um, there, there is a story in 2 Kings chapter 6 and verse 14 um, that I also like about the imagination. Because you see Elisha, he understood what it, was, what it was like to pierce through the veil and see eternal realities. You see, Elisha was this prophet and he was surrounded uh, by enemy forces. He was being besieged and his disciple came to him, this young man. He's like, what are we going to do? Look, the, they, they are... Uh, they are, they're surrounding us. We're, we're being besieged. What do, what do we do? And Elisha, he said, fear not because they that are with us are greater than they that are against us. And, and you could see like the young man is like, I don't like, I don't know what you're talking about, Elisha. Like you could almost imagine what, what he's thinking. And uh, because physically you see that they're surrounded by the enemies. But then Elisha prayed. He said, Lord, open his eyes that he may see and the lord opened his eyes and there you saw they saw the lord's army and they saw the chariots of many horses that are that are uh, flaming chariots of angels that were all around them and god protected them through and so that's something that i want to encourage you is that sometimes uh, we feel like we are overwhelmed and the, per the obstacles are huge, the perplexities are plentiful, and it seems like there's no way out. And we feel like we are the minority, we're the only people that are doing the right thing and that other people are, are going, the majority is on the Broadway destruction and we're just like, what do I do? But just know um, that when you're on God's side, you are always with the majority. That two-thirds of the angels remained in heaven in Revelation 12 and that means one-third of the angels were cast out of heaven and became demons, but that means the majority, two-thirds, the innumerable company of angels were sided with God. And when you're on God's side, you are always the majority. Um, maybe not seen with the, the, eye, the physical eye, but with the eye of faith, with your imagination, 
let it grasp. Train your mind to realize that even now there are heavenly angels that are communicating to you and seeking to impress upon your heart and mind the truths of God's word. Likewise, there are evil angels whispering in our ears trying to prevent us and distract us because Satan was the father of lies. He was a liar from the beginning and he wants to whisper and get us to believe in and lies and doubt the word of God. So I always like um, that uh, there, I came across this meme, this photo that, uh, you know, when people say, when someone says like you and what army and, and you'd see the photo is like when they say you and what army, you realize that it is the entire armies of the Lord of hosts, uh, the innumerable companies of angels that are here. God is willing. I want you to know this friends that God is willing to ex exhaust all of heaven's resources to help protect you in the moments of temptation rather than to leave you all by yourself to fight the enemy alone that these battles it's not yours they're God's and he is willing and indeed the father loved you so much that he exhausted heaven's resources in giving you his son in the precious gift of Christ he gave all that he possibly could to redeem us and to save us it's because God loves you so much and I believe it is through the imagination that Enoch walked with God in Genesis 5 24 and he was not for God took him it was by by continually training his mind and imagining himself in the presence of God remember we talked about like an imaginary friend and it's like you could imagine that um, by faith that uh, you have Jesus' presence with you, that you have guardian angels that the scriptures talks about, you have heavenly angels, that you have friends, eternal friends. Now, these are eternal realities, and I would even venture to say that the things of faith are more, ta more tangible and more real than the actual things that we could touch and hold. Yes, because the things of faith, the things of God, have unlimited power and unlimited ability to protect you, to guide you, to comfort you, to give you wisdom, to speak to you. They are just as real, if not more, than the physical things that we can see. But it's through the uh, imagination that we could pierce the veil and we can see the invisible, even these things of faith, because there is an invisible world that is going on all around us. So that is, um, and, and the last thing, that I see one of the things that God gives us to allow our imagination to stretch to the uttermost is just, we would do well to spend a thoughtful hour on the life of Christ, especially his closing scenes. If we would contemplate his life and we could take it point by point and let the imagination grasp each scene so vividly, so real, and especially the closing scenes just before he comes to the cross, just as he is in the Garden of Gethsemane, he's betrayed the Last Supper, and he's going through Pilate from prison into judgment, and he's opening not his mouth, and he's doing this for you as we see the, sin, the, the suffering Savior, the one who is dying. He is treated as you deserve so that you can be treated as, as, uh, as he deserves. And by allowing our imagination to behold and quicken on to to fasten our minds on the scenes of the cross the story of redemption then it will actually second corinthians 3 18 says by beholding that's our imagination we become changed and our minds cannot tell the difference 
between us actually going through the experience, living the life of Christ, and then vividly imagining living the life of Christ. As we see Christ, it changes us. It changes our character. It rewires our mind. As Romans 12, 2 says, Be not transformed um, through, by this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. That God wants to renew your mind. And part of that process is by imagining and really contemplating the life of Christ and spending time seeing what is God doing for you? What are the evidences of His love? How can you see His love and protection all around you? And when we do this, the Word of God becomes an incredible experience, something unlike ever before. And as we start to really engage the imagination, as we spend time in God's Word, the whole thing comes alive and we never see it the same again. Friends, I, I want to share with you, if you are interested in having irresistibly interesting devotions, I have a free gift that I want to give to you. And uh, this is four secrets to make your devotions irresistibly interesting. If you want to accept this, this is uh, all you have to do is go to the website, thearmyofyouth.com forward slash devotions. And you can sign up, just tell me where to send it to you. And I'll send you these four parts mini series that is showing you these four secrets in the Word of God to make the Bible come alive so that it can be so intensely interesting that you cannot wait to study God's Word. You can't wait to wake up and to spend time with God and to see the eternal realities that are all around you. If you're interested in getting this, I encourage you to go to the website thearmyofyouth.com forward slash devotions and let me know where to send it to you. I would love to do that. And if you enjoyed this video, then um, then I encourage you to share this with someone else. Let other people know. Who do you know that can benefit by knowing the purpose of the imagination? If there was anything that really stood out to you, let me know in the comments below. Tell me, uh, what is it that stood out to you the most from this? And what do you see is the purpose that God gave your imagination for? I would love to hear from you. And thank you so much for watching. Remember that God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called.